Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, still quarantined in D.C., and today Greg Oliar is back. And we're going to be talking about uh, a couple of his articles. He's such a great writer. And so he wrote about Ghislaine, Ghislaine Maxwell. It's not Ghislaine, and he made sure to let me know that, although he did call her Ghislaine in his article. But um, we talk about her and Jeffrey Epstein. We're also going to be talking about another article he wrote about Roger Stone. Fascinating, fascinating stuff. He always has such a good take on this. He really does the in-depth work. And uh, we talked a little bit about Mary Trump's book and some other stuff, so I know you're going to enjoy it. Uh, Don't forget that tomorrow I'm going to be doing a patrons-only show with Steph Walton, Everybody loves those shows, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna be doing one of those. And I just want to remind everybody that I love comments, 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 because I read all of them. And you know, during the course of my day, I, I read all of them. I don't always have time to like give in depth replies, but um, I try to do that when I can. But I, I I really appreciate it, and I'm trying to grow this podcast and. Part of that is right now I'm going to add something new, which I'm going to continue to do, that if there's somebody that you know that you think might enjoy this show, whether they're on or off social media, um, meaning that, you know, whether you know them through social media or not, please recommend because, uh, you know, I lost my Facebook page back in 2018 and it was, I hate fucking Facebook and I wish I didn't have to be on, but I still have to be on because it's, it's, it's a way to earn money. And when I lost the page, I basically lost my income, and it's not that I made money through Facebook. I did not. But the way that I earned money is I blogged. And, you know, bloggers make their money through the advertisers on the site, even though they're pains in the ass. But that's kind of how I made my money because this guy that I was working with, Sam Ward, he had a bunch of pages. I had my own pages, and then we worked with other people who had pages, so we would post our blogs everywhere. And the more the blogs get seen, the more opportunity there is to earn income. And anybody who's a blogger for a small independent blog knows that when you are just a writer and you're not running the whole thing, you're not making major bank. But I was making enough so that I could, you know, take care of myself, and that's important, right? So I'm, you know, I had to start over when I lost everything. And one of the things that I did was I I did make this show, I I lost my page in October of 2018. And I think by April of 20, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. April of 2019, I figured I was going to do one show per week as opposed to two shows per month, which I, what I was doing for the first couple of years. But then I quickly decided, no, I'm going to do every uh, every Monday and Wednesday. So that's what I'm doing. And then I'm also doing those uh, patrons only shows twice a month. So, that said, yes, please recommend my show to anybody who you think might enjoy it. I would really appreciate it. And, you know, I always say this, but I mean it sincerely. I appreciate every single patron. I appreciate all the feedback. I love getting comments, and I love just, you know, creating kind of like this little group of people that can talk about, you know, we're like-minded, so yes, we're living in Kimberly's bubble, (laughs) Kimberly's political bubble mind. But, you know, I know not everybody who listens to me agrees with me 100% of the time. In fact, I would not want you to. I love when you agree with me, but I love when you don't agree with me and you let me know and we can talk about it and, you know, debate back and forth about whatever it is and have civil conversations about it because that's, that's, that's what I want. You know, I mean, it was funny because on my old Facebook page, it was like, there was kind of like a joke that I would put up a picture of a flower and there would be a fight or a puppy or something. 
I don't really want that for this page. But what I do want is honesty and, you know, real civil conversation. And if we don't agree, that's fine. Because every time, every once in a while, my eyes are open to something that I hadn't thought about before. And I really, really love that. So anyway, I just want to say thank you to everybody who is a subscriber. But, you know, just, you know, on that point, Start Me Up is a listener supported show. So that means the people who are listening and like it become patrons, and then you help me produce the show. So go over to patreon.com slash startmeup, and you can see all the different tiers and understand that I am not uh, backed by any, anybody in the corporate world, and I do not use advertisers, at least not yet. I, I hope that I don't have to, and I'm holding out for as long as I can. But uh, patrons are what keeps the show going. So, like I said, if you enjoyed today's show, go to patreon.com slash startmeup. Not only will you see the tiers, which you don't have to stick to those. You can pledge any amount of uh, money you like per month. But, it, like, let's say you do two bucks a month. Then you get every free show delivered to your email box so you don't have to search for it. And you get now... I'm doing this for right now. One of the patrons only shows, if you've signed up for a dollar to $4 per month, you get one of the two patrons only shows that I do every month. If you sign up for $5 or more a month, then you get each, both, I should say, patrons only shows plus all the free shows delivered to your email box. So there's that. But you don't have to stick to the tiers. And then also... If you want to make a one-time donation, that would be awesome. All you have to do is go to the Patreon description of the show or the front page. I provide my email address, and that's what you can use through PayPal. And don't forget, Friday's my birthday, so wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Start Me Up can be found on all the obvious places, right? On iTunes and Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. I always ask this, and I'll ask this one more time. It Or not one more time. I'll ask again next time. But... When you're over there at Apple Podcast, please become a subscriber. It's free. And then if you like the show, please give me a rating and a review. I've gotten a couple new ratings and reviews in the last week. So thank you so much for that. I really, really appreciate it. And tomorrow, Steph and I are going to be doing a patrons-only show. Looking forward to that. Lots to talk about. And I'm really excited, but I'm extra excited to get you to the interview with Greg Oliar because it was fun and you're going to love it. So please enjoy it. Welcome back to the show, Greg. Thank you so much for having me. It's always good having you. I really enjoy talking with you. How have you been? Um, oh, just calm, you know, calm, <laughs> happy, um, <laughs> totally not stressed out about anything at all, you know? <laughs> you know, I have to just say, I, I mentioned this, I was on uh, the after party with Bob Suska on Friday, and he's my boyfriend. So we have on our front door a wreath. And this little finch has built a nest, like, between the wreath and the door. And, the, you know, I checked. There were four eggs. I checked yesterday. One had hatched. And I'm, like, so freaking stressed about this because yesterday our washer was kind of not acting right. And, I, and I, the last thing I want to do is have some person come in the house, like, that's going to knock on the door real hard or, you know, like, I, I'm so worried. And, and I posted about it on Twitter. Thankfully, the washer is working right now, so I'm just like crossing my fingers. 
but like uh, somebody had said something on Twitter that they had the same experience and that like the little baby birds when they were learning to fly when the door opened flew into their home and oh <laughs> I just have this total stress that I'm gonna wa- open the door and see dead little birds and I'm so nervous that something's gonna happen to them and as soon as they all like you know are fed and fly away on their own I'm taking the wreath down and I'm never doing a wreath on the door again because this is like totally stressful. <laughs> it's yeah no it's always something and and yeah. there's so much stress in the greater world mm-hmm. that i think people have a tendency to focus yes their stress on little things like that that they can control and if anything happens to the bird you'll you'll have a mental breakdown it's funny you mentioned birds because i've been taking these walks in the morning and i see this one bird called a, a red winged blackbird uh-huh which is kind of a misnomer because the, the wing has an orange stripe on it and hmm. it's really cool. And that's kind of been keeping me sane. Like I go in the morning and wow. I say hello to my bird and I'm talking yeah. to the bird and anybody who sees me probably thinks that I'm insane. <laughs> um, but, you know, <laughs> desperate times. I know. Well, no, I mean, it's good because nature nature's always awesome and it always helps us kind of like take a break from the crazy reality and now our reality is just, it's like, I, I can't even believe it. I just can't even believe it. You know, I, I wake up and I kind of get into it. And then throughout the course of the day, I'm doing my thing. And usually by uh, dinner, like by after dinner, I always call it my after dinner Twitter. And um, I'm, I'm kind of sitting there going, I can't fucking believe this is happening. I just can't fucking believe it. <laughs> you know? it it's gone beyond the... For me, I was in pretty early about Trump is a Russian, yeah, you know, me too. piece of property and this and that. I've gone beyond like ha- trying to get people to see that I'm right to just being like, I can't believe that everybody knows now that mm-hmm. we were right. And yet he goes and does these press conferences and people just cover it mm-hmm. and tweet about it. And it's come on, guys. I, know. I, I don't know what I don't know what the solution is, but. I've moved beyond Trump now. I think I think it's really, it's the GOP, it's Mitch McConnell, it's Fox News, yeah. it's the enablers of this guy who is actively trying to kill us all. I mean, yes. he's, that's all he cares about is um, staying in office, basically to avoid prosecution. Yeah, that's yeah. the only reason he even wants the gig. Yeah, he's he. Somebody said I I, I think my friend Moscow never sleeps that it. Uh, wrote to me that it isn't what's interesting is trump doesn't want the power he really just wants the attention Mm -hmm. and i think that's true because if you wanted power the first thing you would do is sit in on the the the, you know the presidential daily briefings and get Mm -hmm. all this intel and this and that and he's just watching fox and friends Mm -hmm. like not only is he watching tv he's watching shit tv (laughs) that doesn't teach him anything useful (laughs) about anything yeah so he just wants people so desperately to pay attention to him so i'm sort of beyond that i think that we need to focus on what's going to happen next. Yeah. Trump is not, he's either going to resign or he's going to be uh, the 25th amendment, whatever, or he's just going to lose the election and that's going to be it for him. What's going to happen then? We can't have a situation mm-hmm. where we turn the page. We have to punish mm-hmm. the political party that treasonously kept this asshole, yeah. this Russian goddamn piece of mob property in the Oval Office for the last three and a half going on four years. Well, do you Mitch th- McConnell is responsible for this. Yeah, period. I agree. And and do you think, because I have this theory that 
part of the reason Republicans are behaving the way they're behaving is because, you know, we uh, we know what the Russians got when they hacked the DNC, but we don't know what they got when they hacked the RNC. And I'm just wondering if perhaps, you know, that is being used, whether it's by Russians or, you know, Trump or whoever to kind of make the Republicans fall in line? Or do you believe that they're genuinely just party loyalists who are afraid to get called out by Trump and they just want to toe the line and wait for it? Like, what, what's your take on that? I think it depends. It depends on the person. I think yeah. there's not one individual answer. I think everybody has their own individual sort of motives. I mean, yeah. certainly there are people in the Republican Party who are just all in mm-hmm. Trump assholes. It, you forgot also, or they're just horrible, horrible people. <laughs> yeah, well, there's you know? that too. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Jordan is a horrible person. Yeah. Ted Cruz is a horrible yes. person. Rand Paul is a uh-huh. horrible person. Mitch McConnell is a yeah. horrible person. They're horrible, horrible, horrible people. They don't care about anybody other than themselves and their small little coterie of Mm -hmm. people that are ripping off the united states uh, of america and and the taxpayers that's what all they care about and that's it so you have that yes certainly there's compromise on a lot of these guys Mm -hmm. i mean especially the ones like lindsey graham was Mm -hmm. anti-trump then they went golfing and now he's (laughs) pro-trump like oh no it's just a coincidence i'm sure right but you know but even that all right yeah they get the emails from the rnc they get compromised. What did you do that's so bad that you can't, that you're going to betray the country? Yeah. Like, what did you do? You know, is it like, what could it possibly even be? I'm sure they all took money from, Mm -hmm. from bad sources. I mean, that's pretty clear that money came in, but is that really in the final analysis worth it? I mean, if all of them banded together, even if a small group of them had a press conference, I'm not talking about the crazies, but somebody like Ben Sass of Nebraska Mm -hmm. or, um, Rubio or whoever, you know, people that are quote unquote moderate, right. Had some sort of press conference that said, Hey, we know now, um, we always knew this was a bad idea. This is why we did it. Mm -hmm. We're sorry about that. But right now we're going to, we're going to start caucusing with the Democrats to get rid of this guy. Do you think maybe the next president would let them off the hook if they did some little thing? I think, yeah. Yeah. So, it, it's something nefarious. I think part of it is fear of being thrown, of, of being not winning re-election, which mm-hmm. anybody on the who's running now is not going to win anyway, because Trump is going to destroy the down ballot people. I mean, this is going to be a bloodbath of of votes. Oh, it's, it's I love be hearing a, that. <laughs> you know that warms unless my heart. They cheat, which you know, which they will. They'll try, but yeah. you know, again, if. It, the cheating works if the vote totals are close. Yes, if the vote exactly, totals exactly. are completely, you know, if the discrepancy is enormous, yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah. And I don't think that they can do it. But it's certainly concerning that the GOP is not protecting the voting process mm-hmm. at all. Um, I was listening to the – I haven't read the book, that book Rigged by that – Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. The reporter, what was his name, Shirer, David Shirer, and he was saying that Obama basically had the choice between he could either go after the social media fuckery that they were doing Mm -hmm. or he could secure the election itself and make sure that the election processes were protected. Mm -hmm. And he opted to do that, to do B. I don't know why he couldn't do both things, but whatever. He opted to do B and it was successful, supposedly. Um, I, I've heard like sort of, you know, rumors that there was no power in Russia the entire day of the election. I don't know if that's true, but I think that he, he successfully, you know, uh, repelled attacks on the actual voting process. But are you talking about 2018? I'm talking about 2016. Oh, OK. And, um, you know, now 
who knows what they're they're not going to do anything. I don't know who's in charge of this. It's all very nebulous mm-hmm. and weird. So, uh, but I don't think um, you know that there's going to be enough of a. It's not going to be close enough for the cheating to work this time. Yeah, my my mom feels kind of the same way you do, and I mean, I, I thought you were talking about 2016. But I just wanted to clarify, because so, I know Obama yeah, was no, not the president in 2018. Right. <laughs> I'm covering a lot of so I'm jumping around a lot. So I don't know why. There's like nothing to discuss. I know. It's, so it's such a boring news it's cycle, isn't it? <laughs> um, you know, I want to ask you, I know, did you finish Mary Trump's book? I read, my, my boss got it yesterday, and I had it, and he was like, hey, look at this. And I read the second half of it. Oh, okay. Um, yesterday. The second half? Yeah, I figured everybody would start, so I wanted to get to the. <laughs> um, and uh, I've not read the first half yet, but uh, it's very good. It's well written, mm-hmm. and she's cool. You mm-hmm. know, she's cool. Um, the the takeaway is that he's a horrible person, mm-hmm. the, the, and they're all horrible in their yeah. own way. There seems to be very little love. It's all about money right. and protecting no love. them, their status, and basically, it's a mob family. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't say that, but that's what it is. It's a mob family. They act like a mob family. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's what we're dealing with. Well, she and, did and say, she did say in the beginning, cause I'm, I'm on chapter four and, okay. um, you know, I, I'll say that the first couple of chat, like the maybe second and third chapter have a lot to do with her father. Donald is in there and then Donald's father, uh, Donald's father's influence. Cause there's Fred, the father, and then Freddie, the older son. Um, right. older than Donald. And so she does really spend a lot of time explaining the uh, situation with her father. But interestingly, and she did mention that her father, Fred, or her grandfather, Fred, worked with the mob. So, I mean, she yeah. doesn't say that they're a mob family, but she she definitely pointed that out. But what's so interesting about this, because people are like, do we really need another book telling us Donald is unfit? No, but I don't think that's the point. I mean, Mary is a psychologist, and as you said, it's well-written, and she's incredibly intelligent. And from what I've gotten from it so far is, um, I mean, it's just insight. You know, we're all, we're all interested in this because we're living through it, and I do think insight kind of helps for, in, in a variety of ways. But, like, for instance, um, the experience that Freddie had was constant berate, like, the, his father was always berating him, and there was never any kind of... Um, if you do a good job, you get praised. And if you do a bad job, you get in trouble. It was only about, you know, the father yelling at, at the son, Freddie, never, it was always about punishment. It was never about reward. And so Freddie went to what I can some kind of military school or whatever. I can't remember exactly because I did skim through some of it, but, um, he liked that because he got rewarded when he did right. things. And so he really enjoyed that. But but Trump, who was the younger son, I think by seven years, ha, you know, watched this dynamic and learned through the relationship and the behavior of his father toward his brother how to, um, I guess, wi- because it's always about the father. You know, it's like everybody want, everybody wants to please their father, it seems. And so... You know, the you know, Trump was looking about, OK, the way to please dad is to behave this way and and to not um, care too much or to not act like you care when when you're in trouble or treated like shit by someone. And then when he went to school, um, he would behave like an asshole and and treat others like what a shock. But he would he would treat others, you know, with cruel intent and everything. And when it got back to his parents, his father was fine with it and his mother was kind of like not really involved with the boys in the family she was more involved with the girls the girl. so um 
you know, it was interesting to read at, at, at like for as far as I've gotten. And then the other thing that uh, this I saw this earlier, but this was interesting to me that at some point because Donald tormented his little brothers and uh, or I mean, his, or I wait, let me go back. Donald tormented his brothers and the older one, Larry, at one point just finally was like, fuck you, Donald. And I think Larry was 14 and dumped mashed potatoes on Trump's head. I don't remember if it was Trump that was 14 or Larry, but either way, Trump was humiliated. Like he had never been humiliated. Everybody laughed when this happened, but Trump wasn't laughing. And so Mary talks about when, you know, she was there uh, for some dinner in the Oval Office when Trump was elected and somebody, I think it might have been Trump's sister, brought that story up. And once again, everybody laughed, but Trump was pissed. And yeah. it was like he was humiliated. And, and it's like she said that I think she described him as emotionally stunted and traumatized. And I truly believe that. Um, and it's he's this is not a pass. I'm not giving the man a pass because I don't know how you know, I don't know what Trump what man Trump would have been if he had loving parents who cared for him. But he was raised by psychos. It was like yeah. if he had the opportunity to be a good, loving person they completely made sure that was never going to happen. He learned to be the person he is today by watching his father and figuring out how to win attention and love. And this is who he became as a result. And it's fucking chilling. I, I think love is the key thing that he, that this mm -hmm. is missing. It seemed to be missing in the whole thing. Yeah. Um, the, it reminded me what you just said of when Obama um, did the mm -hmm. White House correspondence dither and made fun of Trump and sort of humiliated yes. him. How the cameras panned to Donald and he was not laughing and yeah. you could tell he was really angry. He was pissed, yeah. You know, he can't take he can't take a joke. No. He's not he's so stunted he can't even for one second um tolerate being the subject of ridicule. So um but Mary I think presents the, all of this in a, in an interesting way. One of the stories I got to, the grandmother, Fred's wife, whose name was also Mary, mm -hmm. I believe. Yes. Um, I didn't know that she got mugged. Oh, I didn't know that part. At one point in the 90s. Wow. And they mugged her and they kind of beat her up and she almost died. Wow. She was pretty old. and It was, it was around that time that Fred started to, on his decline. Uh -huh. That's the first thing. I'd never heard that story before. You would think we would know all of this by now. Mm -hmm. And Mary, Mary Trump, the author, seems to have a pre, had, had a pretty good relationship with her grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense that the grandmother was sort of removed from Trump's raising, mm -hmm. that Fred kind of took that on and, yeah. and messed it up. Um, the, uh, the second thing, there's a line in it where she, Mary Trump says, as she's coming to the decision to write this book and do what she can to, um, put a spotlight on all, all of this, she, you know, she's been trying to like do good work, I think in her life mm -hmm. and make something of herself in a, in a, in a conventional way, apart from just being part of that family. And she says the line is something like, it wasn't good enough to go like help refugees from Syria. I had to take out Donald Trump. Wow. It's a good line. Um, <laughs> She's so, so like, badass. Yeah, you go, you go. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah, it's a you good know, book. It's, it's... And I, I, I recommend everybody buy it and read it because yeah. first of all, we want it to be on the, we want it to be on the bestseller list. Yeah. Cause I know, Donald pays attention to that stuff. Yeah, he does. He's so petty. Um, yeah. Um, He's the so other petty. thing is Donald hired her at one point. I don't know if he ever paid her, but he enlisted her to write, to ghost write one of his books, which he wound up never 
following through on huh. after Art of the Deal and the one that followed. Oh, that. that's right, was, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, which is also something I didn't know. So um, Art of the something else that she didn't do. Yeah, that that's uh, kind of. Yeah. That's just kind of like crazy. She took it seriously, and she was trying to figure all this stuff out, and he just wouldn't give her any information at all, and stuff like that. <laughs> and you know, and of course, she was intimately responsible for the story in the Times that Suzanne Craig yes. did about her taxes. Like, I mean, we already know all that. So, um, yeah, all the yeah. tax stuff. Yeah, and you know, I was. It's funny because um, I followed her, and then she followed me. So that means that I have access to her her direct messaging and. Like, first of all, she, the other day, the judge released her so that she could go off and give interviews. Now, I haven't seen her. I thought that, you know, without a doubt, there would be an interview within 24 hours, and there was not. So um, I'm wondering what's the deal. But, like, there is part of me, you know, I mean, I don't know that she'd ever even say, you know, even answer an email or a direct message that I sent if I were to invite her on the show. But, like, there's part of me that's scared that if, if I were to do that and she said yes... I think it was like all of a sudden, and I'll and let me backtrack. Tony Schwartz, who wrote who wrote the art of the deal, posted the other night. You know, if Trump wins a second term, America is going to be like a really scary place, and people who talk shit about Trump are you know have a lot to worry about. Now, I've talked so much shit about Trump on Twitter, but I'm so way low on the totem pole. You know, I mean, there's so many people he would be focusing on before he would ever get down to me. So it's like, but like interviewing Mary Trump, I feel like, and, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm not even, I don't know that she'd even say yes to me or answer my DM, but like that thought is in my head. Like, well, I have access to her now. <laughs> like, Wouldn't it be right. fascinating to interview her? But like, there's a thing that, I mean, she's, she put so much on the line to my sense is that she's a pretty private person. Yeah. And you know, the book is, I think to do the book and to help with that article really took a, a lot a of lot, yeah. courage and was counter to how she right. would prefer to be. Um, so I don't moved, think we're going to yeah. see a media bliss with her. Although right. I, isn't she going to be a Maddo? I heard she was going to be a Maddo. Oh, really? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I want to see that. that. I, I mean, she's wrong, way but, like, um, I'm too small potatoes for her, which is actually fine for me because it's like, I would just be too afraid to talk to her. I don't know what the hell to expect. You know, obviously, you know, Sherry Jacobus, she's been on the show before and she was targeted by the Trumps and, you know, right. she was on TV all the time and she had a very high profile, but still, you know, I don't want to be one of those people that uh, is targeted by the Trump family. No, thank you. They are mobsters and they fucking scare me. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm happy to watch her on Maddow. <laughs> yeah, no, she's it. I, I wouldn't worry about it too much. The Trumps are going to be they're not going to bother you from cell block. D, I don't <laughs> think so much. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Mary Trump is going to is going to. Yeah, she's not going to do, do too many. She, she's just she just doesn't seem that type. I went. I I saw that she had a Twitter account because yeah. I don't know somebody had, had had added her, and I went and looked. And I was like, oh, she's already following me. That's awesome. She doesn't have <laughs> a blue check yet. She needs a blue check. Yeah, that's the thing. But but in order to, I think you have to. Well, whatever. We don't need to go into the, <laughs> you into know, the Twitter. Uh, the, yeah, the other controls. I think sometimes they just give them to people. I think like sometimes you have to apply. Although I don't know, you used to be able to apply, and then you couldn't apply anymore because of all the. I think it was white supremacists that uh, started the thing where they were Twitter took away their blue check, like Richard mm. Spencer, and then it, and then you were no longer able to apply for one. And I don't know if that's been lifted, but. I want to also talk to you about, and I'm, is this the right pronunci- pronunciation, Ghislaine? It's actually Ghislaine. Ghislaine. Like Ghislaine or Ghislaine. Ghislaine. If you, or Ghislaine. I've heard, I've heard it a lot of different times. I always butcher it. 
sometimes <laughs> in, and they pronounce it differently in the in the documentary. Really, so I think it, flat American accent would be Jill N, like that. I, wow. It's not Jizz Lane. I've established that. <laughs> um, I know, yeah, but you wrote that in your article. Because, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. Let's her, just call so. her Maxwell. So let's talk about her. Wait, before before you even go, I want to I want to ask you because you tweeted that she's going to sing like a canary, and yep. um, I mean, so do you think? What do you think the chances of a uh, uh, quote suicide would be? I don't want to speculate on that. I, 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 I mean, I don't think she's going to harm herself. Right. Well, I'm think, just talking about like the. I air don't quote think suicide. they can let her die. For, I think they really have to be careful. Even, yeah. <laughs> you know, even the people that really want to get her, right, almost have to be careful. It would be so suspicious mm-hmm. um, that they would have to take care. But who? I mean, who knows? Yeah. Um, I think she's going to sing because there's tremendous incentive for her to do so. Mm-hmm. I wrote a piece. I, I, I update my prevail page every Tuesday and Friday, and I've done this since November 1st. So, you know, cranking out two pieces a week is, mm-hmm. is um, sometimes you're like, oh, God, what am I going to write about? I know. And I think it was last Friday came around. I'm like, I have no idea what to write about. And then I thought, oh, I'll write a thing about Jelaine Maxwell and who should be worried about her. Mm-hmm. The, the brick her. shitters. <laughs> I love yeah, it. Brick shitters, yeah. <laughs> And, you know, who's afraid of... Yeah. So I wrote this thing. And, of course, the one that I dash off in 45 minutes is the one that gets read a lot. Of course, that's always, always the happens. way, yeah. And But I, I, I said in the piece that I, I know people that... I, I've listened to interviews of people that know her, and I know people that have met her, and, and not in a, in a bad way, mm-hmm. but who have encountered her in social circles mm-hmm. and kind of are able to give me some grasp of what her personality is like. And the word on the street is that she's one of these people that she's insecure about who she is. And she's kind of, she's always like, well, my father, well, my dad, well, blah, blah, trying to impress you mm-hmm. with, with who she knows and who her father was mm-hmm. and probably who Epstein was too at, at, after right, a point. Yeah. Um, and somebody like that, who's been basically living in this bubble mm-hmm. for her entire life, so much of a bubble that, a, when she decided to hide away in New Hampshire, unlike Walter White, who hid away in New Hampshire, <sighs> she was not in some cabin by herself without anybody around. Yeah. She was in this gorgeous mountaintop, yeah. you know, hideaway called tucked away with her people around and this and that. So and then yesterday at the bail hearing, she was like, oh, I can just stay in this deluxe Manhattan hotel instead of going to jail. Right. <laughs> And I think that probably came from her and was serious. Like she was seriously yeah. proposing this and thinking that the judge would grant it because of who her dad was. Mm-hmm. Or so this is the sort of person who is not mentally tough enough yeah. to, to last in prison wow. under normal circumstances. Like this is not Paul Manafort, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's not even Roger Stone. This is somebody who's going to buckle like, mm-hmm. right quick in wow. my view. So, and I wrote that in my piece. And then I think the next day or two days later, there was a thing in the New York Post where they quoted Laura Goodman, who is a family friend who's been on Zev Shlev's podcast, and also um, Stephen Hoffenberg, who ran the Ponzi scheme with Epstein and knows these people, and they both sort of agreed with me um, hmm. that, yeah, yeah, she's going she's gonna to sing. There, there's no... Now she's in jail until 2021. Yeah. She's never going to get out of jail again in her life unless she you know, starts yeah. cooperating. So, um, you know... 
I think it, it, it's in her interest to, to sing. She doesn't even have to sing about everybody, mm-hmm. you know, because what she is, and I think it's important to understand for your listeners to understand exactly who this person is. Um, and again, a lot of this is from the work done by Zev Shalev on his uh, narrative pod mm-hmm. and Eric Garland and Lincoln's mm-hmm. Bible. But So I want to give credit where it's due. But Jelaine Maxwell is the daughter of Robert Maxwell, who was a, a media magnate and did lots of things. But he was also a, a spy and mm-hmm. an arms dealer and a double agent. He was working for Russian intelligence or Soviet, you know, the KGB at mm-hmm. the time. Um, he was working for Israeli intelligence and he was also friends with the queen. So the thinking is that he's this guy who knows everyone and sort of facilitates the movement of arms and the movement of money around the world doing these re- in these, you know, horrible wars and stuff like that. So he's a bad guy. And he when he died, um, when he fell off his yacht, as one does, <laughs> in uh, the fall of 1991 off the coast of Grand Canary Island, he was in the middle of a Ponzi scheme when he was stealing pension money from his mirror companies to pay for whatever debt he had or this or that. And his two sons wound up having to declare bankruptcy. And one of them, I believe, is the is the biggest bankrupt in the history of the United Kingdom. Wow. Go, Robert Maxwell. So Jelaine wow. um, basically um, and Jeffrey Epstein was his heir, heir apparent in the spy business and the arms dealing and money laundering stuff. Like he taught Epstein all of these things that he knew, thinking that Epstein was sort of like his son-in-law because mm-hmm. he was sort of with his daughter and this and that. Um, kind of, I guess, you know, Maxwell is to Trump as Ivanka is is to Jelaine as Epstein is to Kushner. Wow. Although it's not it's not an exact right. you know, analogy, but that kind of arrangement. And then when he died, Epstein just sort of took over that business. And that's how he made all his money, um, doing these arms deals and this money laundering and and playing various intelligence agencies off each other, stuff like that. And Jelaine knew about all this, was instrumental in all this, and, you know, she's a key player. That's just in the money laundering and the arms dealing Mm -hmm. and that fuckery. We haven't even talked about the sex trafficking yet. Mm -hmm. That came later. I think part of that was because he wanted compromise on people and part of it because Epstein's just a disgusting pervert yes. who liked to be massaged by, you know, very young girls. So why and why does he want compromise on people? Is it because of money? Does he want their money? He wants their power and their, who knows? I mean, it, it, each person, the more people that you can control, yeah. let's say Bill Clinton is there. And I, I don't know, there's been no reports right. of Clinton ever doing anything with any of the girls. Let's yeah. just say that up front. But Clinton has been known to mess around outside of the mm-hmm. outside of his marriage, certainly. <laughs> and he was on the plane a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. He went on that plane a lot. And maybe that was because he was running this uh, philanthropy and Epstein was big into philanthropy and trying to woo him or this mm-hmm. or that. But in a pinch, probably, you know, mm-hmm. Epstein could go to Clinton and ask for something. And if it was a small thing, maybe it would be proffered, you know. Yeah. So any way that he could think of to get at these important people, he would do. Um, but I think that the sex trafficking was just, that's, that was also just kind of his thing. He just liked to do it. And, you know, and it's awful. And that documentary is very good and very hard to watch. That's what I was just going to ask you because I haven't seen it. And, um, you know, there's a little bit, uh, there's a part of me that just is like, I'm afraid to see it. Is it like, how hard is it to watch? It's, 
it's it's unpleasant. I mean, he does. Un- it's unpleasant. They don't yeah. show of course anything right. unpleasant. Obviously, there's no video or so. Yeah. It's interesting to me because they showed the properties, hmm. and I've read about these things. Oh, he he lived in this mansion in Florida. Oh, in mm-hmm. Palm Springs. Oh, he had this you know this ranch in New Mexico. Oh, he had this island, and you get to see all this stuff mm-hmm. in the documentary. Hmm. You're like, oh my god, the money. Yeah that he had at his disposal and all of the Florida stuff is, is interesting. The way that Palm Springs is presented. And then you with Palm Springs as an Island and, you know, kind of conservative people keep to themselves, mm-hmm. but you go over the bridge to West Palm and it's more working class. And that's where he would go to recruit these girls oh, from. Gross. And eventually it was a self-sustaining thing where the girls would recruit each other and stuff like that. Um, and he thought, I think he thought, well, I'm paying them. They don't have money. I'm giving them $2 yeah. to massage me. What's wrong with that? Yeah. And Jelaine was an active participant in that, according to all of their testimonies. Yeah. And, you know, and, her, and having a woman there mm-hmm. who was younger and kind of nice, mm-hmm. I think, normalized it and made them feel safer mm-hmm. doing these horrible things. And there's a, there's a lot of women now women then girls that they interview in yeah i was gonna ask about that yeah yeah way too many for it to be a lie or anything like that. it's pretty clear that they're both guilty of this and that's the part that's hard because you 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 know they right. their lives got ruined by yeah. this guy i think and i saw i saw an interview with one girl who is now a woman and at the time i don't know how old she was 15 or 16 or something and you know she did talk about his island and yeah. you know going over there and how they would act as a family and everything was fun and they'd watch movies and eat popcorn. And then like, and then it became, you know, it was time to have sex and, you know, and, and she just, it, you know, there's somebody that I know who I won't say their name, not that you guys know them, but it's just, I personally know this woman who was kind of um, shaming these young girls for getting involved. And I was, I was like, but they're young and they were manipulated and they, some of these girls genuinely wanted to be an actress or a model and a woman approached them. And so they felt like it was okay. And I mean, I, I don't know what I would have done. I, I have always erred on the side of caution. Always. I, it's not that I have a totally like, I, it's not that I distrust everybody, but I've always been like, I, you know, I, I just, I'm cautious. And so I don't know if I could have been pulled into something like that, but, but you um, wouldn't have been targeted. That's the thing. Like, he, and what what the documentary makes clear is that he definitely had a a type of person mm-hmm. that he was actively soliciting and targeting and mm-hmm. grooming. And you know, the girls are all they, they didn't want to be a model or an actress for the some of them. I mean, there were some that that he did with the Victoria's Secret thing later mm-hmm. on. But the ones from Florida, um, those girls were just you know they from broken homes. Maybe I they see. lived in trailers. Right. Maybe yeah. you know their mom is is an alcoholic right. and their dad is dead. We have stuff like like really hard stuff. And then they think, Oh, I can go to this guy's house and make 200 bucks for one night. And you know, yeah, this thing is awful, but you know, you could see how it's not even, it's sort of, it's so complicated and sad. Mm -hmm. And he preyed on these people. Mm -hmm. He preyed on them and it's unforgivable. And, but if you watch the entire documentary, it becomes pretty clear. You feel you feel like the women now did get some amount of closure mm-hmm. when they arrested the guy, even though, of course, he's dead and that was sucked. Yeah. But th- they came together, and I think knowing each other and having that support group mm-hmm. helped them a little bit. It seemed like it from watching the documentary. So mm-hmm. there, it, it, it ends on a positive note, well, that's I guess. That's good to know, right. Um, so, but it's... And there's some people that are clearly good guys in it, and mm-hmm. some people are just bad guys. Yeah, you know that Alex Acosta is a bad guy. Ugh. I don't know what 
possessed him to give Epstein that plea deal that he did. Well, yeah, I don't know right. if, if Epstein was providing intel or mm-hmm. this, but it's it's inexcusable. It's unforgivable. And, you know, there's no amount of intelligence gathering or this or that is worth that, that you that you sacrifice the, the lives of these of these girls yeah. and let this this predator keep keep doing it. It's it's it's, it's unconscionable. Um, it, so it's definitely it worth watching. I, I, they did a really I think I thought they did a really good job with it. I'll check. Um, it. I'm definitely going to watch it. I don't know when I'm going to do it, but I am. And then, I, you know, I talked to Michael J. Stern, who's a former federal prosecutor, and mm-hmm. I was asking him about what he you know because as far as what she's going to sing um if she has tapes because there is that you know there's now let me let me get this from you is there do you get the sense or have you heard that that it went like this where the young the underage girls would lure the men the wealthy men into a bedroom where there was a camera and then obviously they would you know the the older man basically would rape them and then uh even though the younger girls were the one who initiated it but they were they were trafficked so it's rape um and then the next day or whatever epstein would call that man and say hey i've got this blackmail on you and and you have to give me money or whatever it is i mean is is that because i've heard that and, you know, that leads me to wonder, and this is what I brought up with Michael J. Stern. I said, you know, do you think that it would be, if, if, if there is a tape like that with Trump, do you think that she would, you know, tell us this? And his whole thing was, first of all, he's a f- former federal prosecutor attorney and he does not want to jump to a conclusion. So he's like, I cannot verify this. Um, uh-huh. But right. just in theory, in theory, that if there is tape like this that there would be a very strong chance that she would give it up for reasons that you were saying earlier she is just somebody who's not going to do well in prison and this would like be the big thing that she could offer but it's like would she offer it i I mean it it, it makes sense but wouldn't that be like what's going to happen to her if she offers that like is her how can she be safe you know what i mean i I think that for her the tapes are almost I know everyone's interested in them and certainly in the press, everyone's interested in them. But for me, the money is the the more interesting aspect of this because these are, these people participated in a, in a, in criminal behavior, not just the the sex trafficking, but also the money laundering Mm -hmm. and the arms dealing and all that kind of stuff. So, and, and moving money around, um, in ways that are not legal. So what I want, I want the money to be uncovered. I want to find out mm-hmm. where the money came from. I want to find out where the dirty money came from. I want to find out who the actors are that, that gave money to Epstein and why. And I want the whole damn thing to be unraveled because yeah. this is underworld shit. It's yeah. mob shit. It's our money. People take the mob takes and by mob is such a, such a stupid word for what I'm talking about which is an enormous syndicate of transnational organized crime Mm -hmm. that's more like Spectre from the James Bond movies than like Goodfellas this isn't like two Goombas in the the garage drinking wine out of a whatever (laughs) this is like a major it's like a corporation that doesn't play by rules right and they take money out of the goddamn normal economy the the, 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 um, you know the legitimate economy which means it can't be taxed it's, there's no recession on mm-hmm. it, and they they're taking money away from stuff that it's supposed to be used for, which is healthcare, which is education, which is um, investing in in um, you know 
all the green stuff for, mm-hmm. for, for the climate change, all the things that we should be spending this money on. Yeah. They're just taking it and parking it in these weird offshore places. And what good is it doing? It's just mm-hmm. sitting there for the most part. So Epstein can have another, you know, property and some Lux uh, address and stuff. Yeah. It, it's really a horrible, hideous thing. And as, as lurid and um, obviously interesting as it, as it is to have these tapes, these sort of gotcha tapes, to me, the money is the thing that's really going to take everything down. I yeah. want everything taken down. I don't <laughs> yeah. want not. Uh, I don't want to watch a tape with Trump and a girl. I don't. No, want, me neither. I don't. I, don't, need, I would never know, want to watch it. I want him to go to jail for money laundering. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, well, that's true. Well, I mean, I always wondered because you know, it's always been like a little question mark in my head that if. Um, I know, you know, we all know that Russia has been targeting Trump for some time. And we also know that that's where they get their money because stupid Eric is blabbing it all over television. And so I just, you know, I wonder because, uh, you know, the timing, if they wanted something on Trump, knowing that he's hanging out with Epstein and understanding who Epstein is because, you know, everybody in those circles, like perhaps Trump. I think Trump, you know, people say, what does Russia have on Trump? I think they have everything on Trump. Yeah, exactly. And and yeah. so I think this like I think they have money laundering. I think they have, you know, the PP tape is fucking nothing. Who gives a shit about a PP tape at this point? That's it's you not know, even, it's, yeah. Yeah, I, and I, so I heard it ain't it ain't it doesn't involve PP. Let's just put it that way. From what I've heard, <laughs> I'm not gonna say. Um, but yeah, no. What happened was, I mean, Trump I by, and, and Mary Trump <laughs> writes about this in the book too. They they would not lend money. Banks won't give him money. He's a serial bankrupt. Yeah. He's an asshole. He doesn't do anything. He's incapable of running a business. Why is anybody going to give him money? So yeah. um, who winds up giving him loans? Deutsche Bank. Right. Former bank of the Third Reich mm-hmm. um, that, you know, abetted the, the Nazis and Hitler uh, now goes in bed with Trump. Why is Deutsche Bank giving money to Trump when no other mm-hmm. legitimate bank would lend him money? And the answer is be- probably because they're not really the lender. The Russians, the Russian mafia type people are are, mm-hmm. are co-signing that loan. Mm-hmm. Just like if you if you're 22 and you sign a lease in New York City, yeah. they make your parents co-sign the lease yeah. just in case. Right. You know, it's the same deal. They're like, we'll lend you this 270 million dollars, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, really, it's it's the Russians that are gonna you know secure the loan. We're just gonna facilitate it for you, and I think that's what's gonna come out in all of these documentations. There's wow. going to be mm-hmm. bad shit in there. Look, Deutsche Bank has been fined. 11 billion dollars yeah. over the last 12 years wow. billion with a b for all the bad shaky sneaky shit that they've been doing and they're willing to pay those fines and continue doing business with these underworld slimy people so they must be making bank mm-hmm. doing it right mm-hmm. if you're willing to write off a billion dollars a year yeah, and really. just lost money how much are you bringing in <sighs> so you know the, the the Trump stuff, I mean, for me, it's about the money. I mm-hmm. honestly, I don't think Trump has that much to do with Epstein. I know everyone wants that to be the thing, but if I had to guess, I think if you look at that video of him dancing, mm-hmm. I don't think Epstein liked him that much. It seemed like he, <laughs> like Trump is this fucking loser. You know, I, I will say this. It's not that I want it. It's just that I can't help but feel like Trump has done such horrible things. And there was a girl who, or I should say a woman prior to the 2016 election that said that he raped her when she was 13 years old. And right, so, I know. so I, you know, and then she withdrew it because she was getting death threats. And, and it's not that I want it to be because it's, I don't want it to be, but I feel like 
it, it is something that he's done. And if it is something that he's done, I do want him to be exposed for it. And, you know, the same thing goes, if, if Bill Clinton were to do anything like that, I would want it to be exposed. And it's just because, you know, I mean, especially as a woman, you know, watching uh, what's going on with this country, specifically with the patriarchy and misogyny, you know, even though we've seen gains in every single election since Trump, you know, was installed into the White House, we've seen gains with women and people of color and LGBTQ community and all of that. Uh, still, there's so much walked back. And and then we, you know, we're hearing this stuff about Weinstein and Epstein and 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 awful things happening to women. And so I, you know, it's not that I want it, but I feel like if it happened, I want it to be exposed. And do I think it would be the most damning? I don't even know. I don't know what this country collectively is going to point their fingers at him and say, oh, that's the bad thing. You know, whether, you know, I don't know. But I, I feel like if, you know, it, uh, of course I want the money part to be exposed too for reasons that I didn't even think of that you were pointing out about how this is tax dollars being kept from us. Um, but, you know, I just, I want, I wanted, I would, would love for all of it to come out just so we'll know. And it would, I would hope, because it's certainly not going to end crime or end international <laughs> crime syndicates, but it might make them, it might make their jobs harder because now kind of we're on to them and we know. And so, you know, I mean, but the truth needs to come out, period. And then, you know what? I want to talk about Roger Stone because, first of all, I love your writing so much. You're so good. And I love reading <laughs> your you. pieces. And so you wrote one about Stone. Um, what, what did you call it? It's Man in the Middle. I do these things. Man, I, it's kind of a format that I've done. Yes. The third one I did where I just kind of lay out, okay, this guy's in the middle of this Venn diagram where all of these things intersect. Who does he touch? You know, who is who? Who is he rubbed elbows with? Mm -hmm. Let's look at it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I, you know, I learn a lot writing them because yeah. I'm like, oh, I forgot about this. Oh, right, I forgot about that. And um, you know, Stone is a guy who has been basically involved with politics in the United States mm -hmm. for the last fifty years. You know, since since he was younger, working for Nixon, um, and that's how he came up under under Jeb Magruder, who was one of the Watergate people who mm -hmm. went to prison. That's who hired Stone originally. Um, which is perfect, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and he just goes through. He's had this sort of remarkable career of being a rat fucking little shit. Mm -hmm. and, did and, did and you I watch Get Me proudly. Roger Stone? I'm sorry. Did you watch the documentary Get Me Roger Stone? No, I didn't. And so I felt good, like, and uh, you you have to watch it. I should have. Um, I should have watched it before I wrote that, but I didn't have time. Um, you know what's weird is like, I remember watching him not. Even, you know, in 2015, whatever, before that, when I used to when I used to still like the Bill Maher show mm -hmm. and he was on and I always kind of liked him. Actually, I thought he was kind of funny and he would say things that weren't necessarily party line bullshit. Mm -hmm. You never knew exactly what he was going to say. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of fascinating to watch. So I get I get the appeal of it yeah. kind of. But, you know, I didn't realize the scope of really who this guy was and, and how much of it was an act and just the bad stuff that he's done to people. Yeah, well, the, the documentary certainly um, covers all of that and the fact that, um, you know, was it, I don't remember the name, Black, Manafort, and Stone, or whatever it was called. Um, yeah. th those, those men have been actively working against the interests of the United States for decades. They've yes. been doing work over in Ukraine and, you know, I mean, dealing with uh, world oligarchs and, undermining our democracy and they really hit gold with Donald Trump. And in fact, I think Stone was, um, I just watched the documentary on Netflix 
on Trump. I think it's called An American Dream. And he was in that. He he did a little bit of uh, talking in that. And, you know, they they I think he yeah, he did push for Trump to run at a different earlier. I don't remember when in the 90s or something like that. Obviously, it didn't happen. But um, they were both, you know, Manafort and Stone were both successful in in getting Trump to run this time, or at least when I I can't remember exactly all the details of how it happened, but they've all known each other. And yeah, so this is Stone and Trump are are close. Yes, they've known each other a long time. And Trump Trump visited Moscow in 1987 after being invited there by the daughter of the Russian ambassador to the United States. They he flew to Moscow, met all these bigwig people and then flew home and immediately announced he was going to run for president. He was oh, wow. So who does he hire to yeah. run his exploratory campaign? Get me Roger Stone. Yeah. And he goes so far as to have one speech in New Hampshire and then pulls the plug on the yeah. thing. And Roger's always kind of like, oh, maybe you should run and kind of, you know, priming the pump for this for, mm-hmm. for a long time. I think 2000 is the other time he tried to run okay. on the, that, as yeah, a reform party candidate. With, right. You know, the, yes. The, yes. The, yes. The yes. Ticket yes. With what's his nose? The wrestling guy. Yeah. Jesse, the conspiracy theorist, Ventura. Um, (laughs) So, um, you know, it's always been there sort of humming in the background. And he also, Stone did a lot of lobbying work in New York State and in New Jersey for Trump's casino stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's also something that he was doing that's off the radar. But he's still involved with it, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the guy, they've known each other a long time. With Manafort, with uh, Tom Barrick, I think, is, is friends with those guys. They all kind of, you know, they're all buds. Yeah, and uh, you even, you know, I was really happy to see, because I I know there are listeners of this podcast who enjoy Bill Maher, and I'm not trying to slam you. I used to enjoy him, and I loved watching him, and now I, I don't like him. And you had brought up in your Stone piece that he's had Stone on a lot of times, and that they're both misogynist. And Bill Maher is, is I mean, at the very least, he's a sexist. But, you know, the, the, he lost me when he warned everybody not to go too far with Me Too. I was like, that's it. I mean, since then, he said other things that have really pissed me off. But, um, you know, and there, there have been things that I've agreed with. And, I, you know, the, the man is a smart guy. But you brought up that, you know, he's had Julian Assange on his show. He's had Roger Stone on his show. And, okay, while I have had some Never Trumper people on my show, I think it's a little bit different. And it, it is a little worrisome, you know, because uh, what's the deal with that? But but what do you think is going to happen with Stone moving forward? I mean, do you think he's just going to get off and everything's – I mean, he's got – right? Do you think he's going to be pardoned? Because from – the commuting means that he doesn't have to go to jail, but everything stays on the record. So if he gets pardoned, it's all wiped from the record. He so, can't get pardoned. If he gets pardoned, he has to admit guilt. And, he, and if he admits guilt, they can haul him before the judge and he can't plead the fifth. So that's not going to happen. Um, he was basically – charged only with lying to the FBI, whatever it was lying to the committee, whatever he was charged with. I can't mm-hmm. remember the, the exact stuff. Sometimes the legal stuff yeah. boggles me a little bit, but there are many, many other things that he did that he was not charged for. So, okay. You want to commute this sentence? Right. Great. Wait till 2021. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you I was just hoping you would say, <laughs> um, no, the stone is not, not going to jail at some point. It's just, it's a mortal luck. This, yeah. this was a, um, such an abuse of power mm-hmm. that it's it, it defies a, any sort of description. It's far, it's probably the most corrupt, the most overtly corrupt mm-hmm. thing any U.S. president has mm-hmm. ever done. Um, you know, hey, here's a guy who um, robbed the bank with me. 
I'm going to part. I'm going to commute a sentence. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. It looks bad. Everyone knows it's bad. The Republicans can't spin it. Right. So, and it's maybe it, it, it kind of quieted down. Even I wrote the Roger Stone piece yesterday. Um, and it, it kind of after by the afternoon, everyone was talking about Maxwell and the hmm. book and all this other, and Trump's, you know, crazy press conference, mm-hmm. of course, takes the attention away from the stuff we should be focusing mm-hmm. on. Um, and uh, but the stone thing is not going to go away. It's it's going to it, it's a stone around Trump's neck. That? <laughs> that's good. That's um, good. <laughs> well, yeah. And I think I think that um, as far as, you know, what's coming up, I, I hope that you're right. I hope that you're right as far as 2021, and this will be the last thing I ask you, but in in past presidencies, um, for instance, Obama, you know, a lot of people criticized Obama because he didn't uh, hold, well, or his DOJ, I should say, didn't hold Bush accountable for war crimes and things like that. And part of the idea is that it sets a precedent that hadn't been done before, and, you know, then if we do it, then we're opening the floodgates. But my my whole take on this at this point, anyway, is if the Republicans get control again anytime soon um they're gonna do it anyway i mean they're gonna impeach everybody they're gonna they're just gonna be ridiculous and so it's like don't worry about what they're gonna do because now in 2021 we have an opportunity i mean joe biden has been um you know what happened with him and his son in the ukraine i mean it's it's a personal thing for him not only is it just you know okay trump is a bad guy but it was a personal thing i mean do you think that that the Biden and, and I'm just going to refer to it as Biden's administration because this is what I want. I'm not saying get happy or anything, but let's just visualize the Biden administration. Yeah. And, um, you know, do you think that he will, you know, give the green light to his DOJ to go after Trump? Because it's very hard to believe that Trump is going to be behind bars. Um. I guess, I mean, I was pretty sure Kanye West was going to be the next president, but today he announced no. Um, <laughs> my son is very disappointed. Uh, I think what Biden has to do is appoint a, whatever you want to call it, a tribunal, a special counsel, yeah. somebody separate from the actual yes, government yes, to, yes, look into good, the, yeah. to look into the crimes with a broad mandate to investigate the goddamn money, which Mueller was not allowed to do. Right. And if there were crimes committed by anybody, Republican, Democrat, independent, whatever, to charge them, period, yes. end yes. of discussion. The difference between Trump and any of the predecessors, even Bush and Cheney, who Lord knows I have no love lost for these people. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe that they were operating. Um, how shall I phrase this? I believe that when Bush decided to invade Iraq to go to, a, you know, with Afghanistan and this stuff, I believe that he felt that was the best decision to make in the interests of the country. Mm-hmm. It was a bad decision. Mm-hmm. He got shitty intelligence, whatever. But my my guess is deep in his heart, which is why he sleeps soundly at night. Now, mm-hmm. He believed that that was the best thing to do for the country. Mm-hmm. Trump is not about the country. No. He's a goddamn walking treason bomb, right? <laughs> he these are crimes against the country. And I think that's the distinction. And that makes it okay. Yeah. You know, you you can go back, back to the civil war. We've never been good at going back to previous administrations and letting people, you know, make them pay for their shit that they did. Um, and, and it's cost us. It's hurt. You know, all this, a lot of the black lives matter protests and the, and the institutionalized racism in the country is because we have not, been able as a country 
to look back at the mm-hmm. shit we've pulled and try to a apologize for it, b make it better. It's never been that policy. It's always oh turn the page. Oh what do you mean? Oh slavery was a long time ago. Whatever. We're bad at this. We're not good at it. Yeah. This is a situation where we have to be good mm-hmm. at it because if they even if they just arrest Trump and his kids, that's not enough. Mm-hmm. All of the GOP that participated in this need to go down. At the bare minimum, yeah. they need to have like a um, – like the thing they did in, in South Africa, uh, what, what was it called, where you just admitted your guilt about something. And, okay, you're guilty. You took Russian money. You're not allowed to be a lobbyist, and you're not allowed mm-hmm. to run for public office ever again. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Okay, Paul Ryan, fuck off. Right. Um, Kevin McCarthy, yes, fuck, fuck off. off. Right. I don't yeah. need those people to be in jail necessarily, but I need them removed from government and yes. everything that the government gave them. Yes, yes, yes. But yes. the people that are intimately involved with this, like somebody like Mitch McConnell, who is yeah, a jail, <laughs> they, they need to be they need to be in prison or yeah. or, you know, work force. Um, and the argument we should be making is what the punishment should be. The argument should not be. Should we try them? No, of course. Right. We should try them. Yes. We should try them. And they are guilty. And, you know. What should we do with them now? Yeah. I don't know. That's the argument that we should be having. That's what I want. I want to read op-eds back and forth about if capital punishment is appropriate for treason. I, I want us all to be on board with the fact that these guys, you know, betrayed the United States of America. Well, maybe and that's let your us next... as a society figure out what the punishment should be for that. Yes, and maybe that could be your next article. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. I love talking to you, and I know you got to go. So I'm going to uh, tell everybody where they can find you. Um, I'm on, I have my, I'm on Twitter at Greg Oliar. My page is called prevail. If you just, it's on my, the link on the Twitter page. If you just type my name and prevail low, it will pop up in your search engine of choice. And, um, that's where I'm at. Awesome. Well, I will include those links in the Patreon description. As always, it's fun to talk to you. I love talking to you. I love your writing and I just want to double down on that. I love the way you express yourself. You're so fun to read. So, uh, looking forward to your next article and thank you for being on the show. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Take care. Bye-bye. Oh, I love talking to him and I can't even I can't even stress how much fun it is to read his his writing. He's such a good writer. He's so much fun. He writes about serious things, but he does it in in such a fun way. So, yay for that. And uh don't forget tomorrow, I mentioned at the top of the show, um Steph is going to be here. We're going to do a patrons-only show, the first one. I'm not sure if I'm going to do this one for everybody, uh, every patron, or if I'm going to do it the next time, but I'll figure it out. So, I, as, And to be clear, uh, two patrons-only shows per month. One will be for patrons $1 and up, and then the second one will be for patrons $5 and up. So... I'm just, I just love talking to Greg. He's so much fun. So I'm just going to end this now and say, don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter at author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. And you can find my books on Amazon. That's Kimberly Johnson on Amazon. And last plug for my mom, she's got the melt out. So definitely take a look. It's a book about the global pandemic. I just interviewed her on Monday. That was a fun interview. I'm really glad that you guys liked that interview. And I'm sure she'll be back. But uh, take care, everybody. See you tomorrow with Steph on the Patrons Only Show. Mm-hmm.